up, podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Hospitality TV. I am your host, as always, Raphael Peterson. On today's show, we have Christy Norman. She is a sommelier at Spago in Los Angeles. Uh, I got on the phone call with her a couple of days ago to see how she's been doing during this COVID-19 crisis and see what she's been up to. Um, her with Master Sommelier Chris Blanchard and a few other MSs and a few other people have gotten together to form the United Sommeliers Foundation, which is an amazing entity that is built to help beverage professionals that are in need during this time. So if you get a second, please go to their page, follow them on Instagram, the United Sommeliers Foundation. They're doing a lot of great things there, um, and it's a great way to stay in the loop to see what they're doing and to see if you can apply for any of these benefits. Um, I hope you like the podcast. Let me know what you think. As always, you can DM me on Instagram at HospitalityTV, and let me know what you think. Stay strong and stay healthy, guys. Talk to you soon. Like we are live. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning back in. Today on the show, we have Christy Norman, sommelier from Spago in LA. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> second I know, time. this is the second time we've done it. So we've had you on before, which is an amazing podcast. I got super pumped. I actually got to do it in Spago, which is such a beautiful location. So um, really thanks for taking the time. You know, we've been talking a little bit so far, but how are you doing amongst all this uh, stuff that's going on around us right now? You staying sane? You know. Yeah, going to therapy, uh, make sure, you know, making sure to eat, um, take care of my body, my mental health. I think that's just the biggest thing uh, right now for me, making sure I exercise, go on a walk every once in a while, because, you know, things have been crazy. And, you know, we're all kind of in the sinking Titanic ship together. And we all have to make sure that we're taking care of our mental health. Super 100%. important. <laughs> yeah, it's no kidding. I mean, now more than ever, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, good, you know. Good, 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 good. So there's a couple of things I wanted to um, talk to you about. So the whole thing, I'm kind of doing this series now during this time of, you know, obviously interviewing different personalities and leaders in our industry and seeing how they're reacting. Um, and I just wanted to kind of check in with you and see what's going on, you know, on a couple different levels. I know you have some different projects going on too, so I wanted to check in about that. But, you know, at a local level, um, if, if you can share, like, how has – um, the restaurant group been kind of reacting um, amongst this whole, you know, COVID-19 chaos that's going on. And then also maybe you want to tie into that. If you've seen other people or restaurateurs in, you know, your area, the LA area that is doing some, some cool stuff or, or something that um, might be used as support for people in, in our industry that they can go to. Yeah. Um, well, I want to tell you about um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my friend in Italy named Filippo. And he was telling me about all of the ways that restaurants were innovating in Italy because obviously they were hit and they were, you know, in front of us um, quite a quite a bit. And so what they did was, you know, convert all of their restaurants in all these different dynamic and creative ways. And so I was able to kind of send that message um, as much as I could in L.A. And actually Canlis Restaurant in Seattle was really the first one that I noticed that really made a huge difference. They're incredible. Um, they closed, so not locally, but they closed um, their fine dining restaurant for dinner and essentially opened a morning bagel shop, uh, drive-through burgers and family meal for dinner, which was incredibly innovative. They didn't lay anybody off, including their pianist. They had a live stream of their pianist. I just thought it was so brilliant. That's so cool. Uh, and what and the biggest and th the reason that I bring up Canlis is because they actually built out a system in Talk. A uh, Talk is a platform that you can like purchase experiences on. So, for instance, if you wanted to come to Spago for Valentine's Day, you would buy a Talk, um, you know, one hundred and eighty dollar 
certificate or whatever, and it would walk you through the process of what Valentine's Day would look like. And it's kind of like your ticket. It's like an online booking system. Mm-hmm. And Talk um, built a system for Canlis specifically for doing takeout orders and doing deliveries, which was incredible because all of these other restaurants are able to use it now. So Spago actually used that system. Um, they're doing family meals for free for us to pick up, which is really amazing. And they're doing curbside. We have um, a barrel-aged old-fashioned and a Negroni, like little uh, container that you can take out, which is really awesome. Wine pairings, because you can build all of that stuff on top. It's like people, instead of having to call and make reservations, they can just do it online. And it's super easy for the restaurant and really helpful. So that's been amazing. Um, I know Tess Restaurant, or they're kind of a, well, they're a restaurant, but they're really known for their wine. Um, they actually converted into a grocery store, which was really cool. And it seemed like it was very well received. They said they had toilet paper. They posted on their Instagram a bunch of rolls of toilet paper <laughs> and said that they have it. So like, that's yeah, brilliant, you know? I mean, it, we all have to be innovative. And ultimately, it's interesting because all of these ideas that uh, people have had actually had already been done in Italy. And maybe it's just because as hospitalitarians, we all have kind of the same sort of thinking. Um, but it was, it's really cool to kind of see how everybody's doing it. Um, what else have I seen? Um, I mean, people are converting their restaurants and, you know, doing, um, family, uh, family meal for employees for out of, um, work hospitality people. I know Maker's Mark did a little collaboration with Moza and Nancy Silverton. And so cool. they're kind of sponsoring, um, these family meals for people to pick up, which is really amazing. I think the yeah. biggest thing. Um, that's really important is to really be connected to your community and online. And it's, I think it's been kind of jarring for the wine industry because a lot of people in a different generation, they just maybe weren't accustomed to social media or hadn't really adapted. And I actually think this is um, a blessing in a way, not that people are sick, but because everybody's kind of learning all of this stuff um, and, and able to connect. And, you know, maybe those meetings don't have to be in person after all, you know, after going through this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what Paul Greco told me the other day. It was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to let a good crisis go to waste. Obviously, me, yeah. you know, we're going to learn yeah. from this and we're going to we're going to restructure and we're going to really learn from this and take the best of it and, and, and grow from it. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Like what you're saying with the makers, Mark, like, you know, I, I've definitely from the people I've been talking to, there's a ton of people that are doing amazing things like what you've just been saying for their uh, for the restaurant group and, and for in providing meals for their for their employees that have been laid off. Um, you see other people like the USBG here, local chapter in San Diego. It's been humongous as far as being a hub in telling people where they can go, where certain brands may have open tabs where they can go and get you know, take out dinner there on their tab, even like little takeout cocktails a night here, a night there. They've been super active. They've been providing meals to, you know, not just, it's a bartender's guild, but not just to bartenders, just to yeah. people in general in the hospitality industry. Um, it's been really great to see them so structured in even just this one chapter here, because they've seemed like they've been like that for a long time now. They've had a lot of backing. They have a lot of support from different brands. Um, we know that it is, a, you know, kind of a symbiotic reciprocal relationship right like the you know we need the brands and the brands need us you know yeah it works um but we're hoping to see more of that in you know from the wine side right i think that you know i think we know that it's we've seen that a lot of times liquor brands have a bigger budget than a lot of the wine brands but we all know too that there's a lot of large wine companies out there with you know larger marketing budgets and hopefully we can start to see them step up a little bit more too for this yeah, um, kind of the way that I reacted at first 
was just to assemble a bunch of resources, you know, so I compiled this document that had um, all this unemployment and food assistance and grants and stuff because I felt I was so frustrated when I was looking around and no shade to any of our big wine orgs. It was just that this is an unprecedented time. This has never happened before. These resources aren't readily available for our community. And so I was trying to compile everything and I just started adding all of these different Facebook groups and I started trolling them for hours and hours and hours so that I could pick up all of the necessary things. And um, we created a Facebook group called Innovations in Hospitality and we were, you know, you're part of it. And, you know, we would talk about leadership and what people are doing and how things are changing and stuff. But in terms of the wine industry as a whole, um, it, there wasn't any uh, sort of structure that was put in place. And something that I want to put into the space, um, because I think that some people are maybe uh, frustrated that we don't have a system like the USBG, um, is that now that I have, you know, we'll talk about the charity that we've created um, in a couple of minutes, but uh, in, when you start a charity, there are certain bylaws that you have to create at the formation of the charity. And not every charity is legally able to just convert and, and give out grants. It's not, um, it's, it's not necessarily that we were built to do. A lot of our big wine orgs are educational uh, charities. And so that is their focus. And they actually might legally not be able to do that. And so that's why we started the United Sommeliers Foundation. Uh, because, and we actually are working with the USBG um, to learn from them. We have um, somebody who's really close with what was like some of the higher up people in that organization kind yeah. of to understand. So let me, let me jump in real quick because I, so I saw that. So first you started off with, um, yeah, I remember you seeing, I remember seeing you put together that document for, um, for where people can get their unemployment, right? For all the different states. Yeah which was amazing. And I mean, I love like, I love the hustle on your part. I gotta be honest. Like that was seeing that was like the, the light for me to like, Oh shit, I need to get off my ass. <laughs> get going because I think everybody, we kind of just got blindsided, right? We got hit by a truck. And like, before I knew it, like four or five, six days had gone by. I hadn't been doing anything. So like, wow, I'm unemployed. And what am I going to do? And, uh, and then I saw that document. I'm like, okay, it's time to, time to start moving. But anyway, um, when I, when I'm going towards just can, before we jump into the foundation that you guys created, can you tell us a little bit about, the innovations and hospitality group um, because I see a lot of people that are active on that and I guess where we can find the information you have put up a lot of resources there I know for the unemployment for for the states um, but maybe just tell us a little bit about the resources that are on that group and maybe even you know some of the great positive things you've seen come out of that group yeah um, well what I noticed when I was joining these hospitality groups or I would be added to these big groups with a lot of people there's nothing wrong with that it's just that there's a lot of comments and it necessary like the structure isn't necessarily there to create positivity so a lot of what I saw was a lot of just questions about unemployment for instance and you know maybe some memes or a lot of complaining you know which there's nothing wrong with that but what you know, Filippo and I really wanted to create was a space that was about leadership and innovation specifically. So we framed it that way. And I actually haven't had to delete a single post um, that's in there because um, mm -hmm. when, when you kind of create that space for people, it allows um, you know, creativity to happen. It allows collaboration to happen. I remember um, the first day um, somebody asked, hey, does anybody know um, a list of buyers or somebody that wants to buy um, wines from restaurants and somebody responded, I have a Google doc, boom, with 
all of these buyers, right? And this is a small group. It, we're only about 500 people and it wasn't a public document, but he did have this incredible resource. And it was just about bringing those hospitality leaders together. Um, I have my resources pinned on there, but there's another one um, with all of the things that I learned from the Italians that they told me, right? All of the different ways that they would convert their businesses to stay profitable. Um, and I, yeah, I, I personally haven't worked almost in a month, right? I had maybe two shifts in March because it just started getting so slow and I was cut. Um, I'm the most part-time SOM, if that even exists, at Spago. And so that's just how it was. And so I think I kind of went through it a little bit faster than everybody because as people start to kind of lose their jobs, then they go into a period of you know, depression or however they're going to react to it. We all just kind of move through that. So no. not to say that you weren't doing anything. It's just that I had started my process two weeks earlier, <laughs> you know? For sure. <laughs> so, um, so then from there I saw you guys started, you had a GoFundMe page to as kind of the beginnings of the foundation that you were creating, which later turned into the United Sommeliers Foundation. Tell us about that. Um, well, Chris Blanchard, uh, we were actually doing a masterclass, which we ended up having to cancel. We were doing a historical uh, tasting of Vine Hill Ranch, which was set to be awesome. I was so excited about it and we had oh, to cancel cool. it. Yeah, and a couple of days later, you know, I hadn't been working and Chris called me and he just said, I want to do something. <laughs> what do we do? And I said, let's do it. <laughs> And we started this GoFundMe and kind of the concept, and I started bringing people together. Um, I don't have a high wine certification, but I do know how to get people together, kind of the same as you. Um, and we created an amazing um, team. And, you know, it takes time and, and a lot of energy and meetings to create a charity and actually create a foundation and really lay out the structure and make sure that it's good and airtight. And we had to learn a lot from other different groups to make sure that what we were doing um, was good for our industry and necessary. And I do think it is necessary work. Um, I, I believe truly that we should have our own organization and our own fund as sommeliers because our our jobs are not necessary in the eyes of some people, especially in this time, right? So you need a dishwasher or a server or a chef to run a restaurant, but you don't necessarily need a floor som. You might hire back your wine director, but do you need three extra floor soms? Maybe not. Um, we feel that, you know, sommeliers have a very particular and vulnerable position right now, and there should be some sort of support for them. And not necessarily all financial, right? But even providing other kinds of resources or opportunities. Um, and kind of as we went along, we actually had um, a firm um, in DC file all of our uh, charity stuff for free, which was incredible. That was their donation to us. And we also had to file in California. Um, 100 Acre was really, um, or yeah, 100 Acre was really, really supportive um, of that. And, you know, it's, it's just grown into something that I think will last for a very long time and through this COVID and, and, you know, just like the USBG, it just takes time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe tell us, um, you know, how we can help. Cause obviously I think, you know, a lot of people that watch this are going to be somewhat in the beverage, you know, profession, probably a lot of sommeliers, but um, how can people contribute or help or help spread the word? And then, you know, tell us a little bit more about what, you know, the direct purpose of, of the, uh, of the foundation is and how they plan on helping. Um, 
Well, in terms of support, sharing, spreading the word about it, uh, following the Instagram, um, we're sharing a lot of the brands that are contributing. Obviously, we want to acknowledge them um, and ultimately to raise funds because we have quite a few applicants. It's not ridiculous, but um, we don't have enough money to serve all of those people. Right. And, you know, I see some of these big corporations and liquor companies, of course, you know, giving to the Bartenders Guild and wine doesn't always have as big of a budget. So um, we're doing our best and we've lobbied quite a lot, um, like probably like seventy thousand dollars over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah. And it's not um, it hasn't all landed in the GoFundMe because we um, it has really high fees. So just today, a couple hours ago, we just set up our PayPal. So. People can donate directly on the website. Um, if you, I'm, I'm giving my wine course for free for all unemployed hospitality professionals. But for people who do want to buy it, there's like a promo code and fifty dollars, you know, donates to the United Sommeliers Foundation. Um, That's amazing. And, when did you start doing that? The wine course for free? Oh, three days ago. <laughs> nice, good for you. That's been killer. I mean, I always like people leaving reviews on your site and stuff, and on your page, like how, how pumped they are and. I remember when we first talked on our first interview, I tried to put it out there for a lot of people too, because I went through the course, I got my pin. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> That's right, I got my pin somewhere around here. It's on my desk, I think. And um, yeah. I remember yeah. it's been great. So that's super, that's awesome that you're doing that. Do you any do you know of any other resources that are being given away like that right now? Um take advantage of? Well, I don't know of anything no. of not of like a course. I'm not sure. Well, that's what um, they need to know. They just need another one course, right? <laughs> Secret <laughs> course. <laughs> I don't know. If there's more, I would love to know. Like, please tell me, and I'll share yeah. about it. So that's great. So we'll make sure to tag the United Sommeliers Foundation. I know there's some pretty killer people on there as well that are helping to support and get the ball rolling. Um, and we'd really like to see that. You know, hopefully, again, like making sure that that can continue to grow after this, because I think it shouldn't just be sommeliers either, right? It should be I, I don't know. I kind of look at it as like front of the house and. You know, what about, you know, professional waiters, you know, people that have that are in it as their career. I don't, I don't know how you define that as people that have worked more than five years in, a, in this profession that they are lifelong waiters and that they're continuing to improve themselves and gain wine knowledge and gain beer knowledge and food knowledge and liquor knowledge and that are working towards this. You know, it seems like they don't really have a lot of support either, you know. Um, yeah, um, part of um, something that we discussed in great detail and we you know, talked about it for just a really, really long time um, was what is our definition of a sommelier um, in terms of like who's eligible for this fund. And it's actually much wider than just restaurant psalms. Um, I think that was a misconception. When we first posted on the GoFundMe, we said restaurant psalms. And so, um, and what I, I believe is that if somebody self-identifies sommelier um, that it doesn't mean they necessarily need to have a certification if they are somebody who primarily serves wine um, I'm we do not give preference to people with higher um, higher certifications it's actually double blind completely anonymized we don't know their restaurant we don't know their location we don't know their name like it's just um, completely um, objective and we believe that somebody who is, you know, spends their time serving wine, that's, you know, who we're supporting with this particular fund, but there might be more in the future, you know, there's always yeah. room to expand that definition as well. And I think you're totally right. I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. So the last thing I want to touch on is, um, uh, SOMCON, Michelle Metter, they recently did a live webinar kind of slash Q and A for resources and innovations for people in the hospitality industry. I saw a good portion of it, um, but I was driving, trying to 
you know, it's my last little getaway before getting fully quarantined out here. And um, so I missed a little, uh, some parts of it, but what, I know your buddy Filippo was on there and a lot of other people that were giving some really good insights. Just wanted to see what your takeaway was from that and, you know, kind of how you uh, received a lot of information. Um, well, I had, I, I learned uh, a lot about the loans, which I thought was really interesting. Brent Kroll is an amazing resource. He's incredible on um, the things that he did to, you know, speak to all of his, uh, the people he was in debt with, right? I mean, you have to um, just talk to people and, and apply for everything. Um, Michelle has a really, really great list. So I would contact SOMCON to get that resource email because she actually sent it out. And so there, it's just such a wide range of topics in terms of like, I talked about resources that I was creating, the charity, you know, and then there's other people on the other side of the spectrum talking about what their, their business, their restaurant, you know, because some people had just opened a restaurant and had all of this happen. So it's it's kind of, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, and it's really good. It was probably, it's like an hour and 45 minutes or yeah. something. You remember um, anything jumping out as far as like, cause we're seeing a lot of people getting resourceful with, you know, turning their restaurants into, you know, to go and the deliveries and the alcohol laws have opened up a lot. So we can even do that in the first place when most restaurants weren't able to do that in the past. Yeah. Did anything um, else but, come up that you, that you saw was kind of, you know, innovative or, or something that people can get creative with? Um, not something innovative, but what was really, really, really important, I think, was the lack of representation that we have in the wine industry in Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, and actually, uh, because the whole first part of that um, interview or that, that Zoom call was, um, I think his name's Michael, Michael, I um, can't remember his last name, but he's amazing. Um, and he spoke about the actual laws and legislation. So I highly recommend you go and watch that for yourself. Um, and ultimately, in a way, I, I know it seems like I'm, I'm doing a lot, but in a way I was like kicking myself because I'm in California and I'm so far from Washington, D.C. And I just think I can't make a difference there. That's kind of what I thought. And we've spent all this time creating this charity and this fund, but also restaurants um, are being left behind in this and the legislation that I thought was going to help. And I just thought that we would get the support that we need. It really hasn't happened. Um, and so making your voice heard in Washington and finding ways to do that, I think is extremely important in the wine industry. And again, listen to that SOMCON podcast at the beginning. Oops. Yeah. So Sorry. I know that I, I know Bobby had, Bobby Stuckey had something going, which was, I believe it was saverestaurants.co, saverestaurants.co, where if you get on the website, you know, they've created this super easy link that, that'll literally, you type in your zip code and it gives you the, the number, the access phone number to your local legislator so you can contact them and get on board with everything that they're doing, which is basically the same thing that you're saying. It was like to That's create the awareness around yeah. what the restaurant industry is in the United States, how many people it employs, you know, the gross revenue that comes for it on, on a national level and what it means and why we need support and how you can contact your local, you know, legislator to share that information with them. So it's kind of what you're saying. And, and, and I know that on Bobby Stuckey's website, again, it's saverestaurants.co. I saw that and I thought it was the easiest. I mean, it's literally a layup. It takes like two to three minutes to do it. Oh my um, gosh, that's amazing. I'm yeah. going to do it right now. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, because um, I, feel, I feel frustrated because I didn't put my energy towards that for, for whatever reason. I know that we're doing our, a different thing and it's important, but also I, I wish that I had spent time doing that um, because I think it would have 
made a difference so yeah well it is making a difference right now and i know you don't like to hear it but your enthusiasm and your passion is super contagious and it gets the ball rolling in so many different little directions that you're probably not even aware of yourself so it's a great thing what you guys are doing and get that you know keep doing it chrissy so what's up any other parting thoughts you want to leave us with today no i love you thanks for having me i love you too it's always so good to catch up with you it's so good to see you healthy and smiling and and keep doing what you're doing keep in touch and we'll keep spreading the word on everything that you guys are doing thank you for doing it all right thanks for having me yeah thanks for your time once again we'll talk to you soon keep in touch all right bye